If you are a scout or coach looking to find or help players, then Pitch is the website for you. It's a startup, but the idea is to complement the scout's role in finding talent, especially in lower leagues. Pitch is likely to arrange trial days in the future, so a scout might be very interested to make a profile. For a coach, it's about the onward development and mental health of released players, helping them find a team or club and provide a talent ID and development reference on Pitch. So make a profile today at www.pitchrmt.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Coaches Coffee Club podcast. Uh, I should say, Happy New Year, the first podcast of 2021. And yet again, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. Matthew Craddock. Hello, Matt. Hello, mate. Happy New Year to you. And to you, mate. Great to uh, see you and and uh, hear your voice. So Happy uh, lockdown, mate. Happy lockdown. Yeah, yeah, we call it a happy new year. It's a new year, isn't it? It's a new it year. is. It um, is. How was your How was your Christmas, mate? Yeah, lovely, mate. Thank you. We um, we moved house just before Christmas, uh, and right just before Christmas as well. So it was uh, pretty stressful up until that point, and then it was lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was nice. It was good. good. And now we're obviously uh, decorating and stuff for the new year. So so yeah, Christmas is come and gone. How about you? <laughs> First Christmas yeah, yeah. as a dad. Yeah, it? no, it was it was it was lovely. Yeah, it was good. Uh, lucky enough to have my parents come round on the day, um, <clears throat> but that that's kind of where any form of socialising stopped, didn't it? Which was a bit strange, but it was nice to feel somewhat normal for one day, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was it was great. To be fair, it was. I say Phoebe was a, a little young to understand what was going on, but. It was still it was still nice, mate. So uh, good. Yeah, I guess I guess before we go into the show, disclaimer: I've got a nine-week-old baby upstairs that probably will cry. Matt's dog yeah. hate hates him at the minute, so that could make some noise. So, yeah, anything could happen. <laughs> yeah, my dog's asleep and he snores really loud. So if there's any background noise, we haven't got the technical ability to like <laughs> get rid of it. So I just apologise now if anything happens. But that's that's just the time we live in, isn't it? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what, what we're going to do is we're just going to have a chat I've got a few questions that come in but um, I guess one thing that me and Matt were, were sort of talking about off off um, camera you could say um, is around sort of the new year and, and new year's resolutions or or any targets for, for coaching and stuff like that so I, I don't know about yourself Matt is there anything this year that that you're looking to either give some attention to or do you have any coaching new year's resolutions or yeah well i mean we we sort of chatted about it didn't we but i think pulling everything together is is something that i'm really keen on doing so i know we that's sort of the reason we did the book that book last year um and we sort of started the part practice book as well so that would be sort of part of it but but really i feel like i want to pull everything together um for me so my philosophy my coaching methodology my game model all that sort of stuff. I want to sort of, I've got it in bits. I know it, I understand it, but I want to bring it together, put it into a document that I can use, understand, adapt. Um, and almost, it's almost preparing yourself for, you know, the next bit or whatever that looks like. But, but I think it's more about pulling things together to, to help you step forward. That's probably my, on my agenda, anyway. Yeah. What about, what about yeah. you? Um, 
Yeah, similar really. Just acquired, I say acquired, was flooded with a lot of things over last year in lockdown and stuff, mm. like information and that. So it's just trying to embed the bits that I thought were good um, and accept that I can't do all of the things that are whizzing around in my head and just focus on one or two. Uh, one thing yeah. I have done, I, I did put a tweet out there the other, the other week and got a lot of, um, I say a lot, I sound like one of those people who go, oh, people have all been asking me. <laughs> Loads of people have been asking me on Twitter. No, they haven't. I put a tweet yeah. out, a couple I, I of replied, people replied. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I liked it myself and shared it. But um, I've been watching the Educating, like Educating Essex, Educating oh, I did. Programs. I did see that conversation you had, yeah. <laughs> have you ever see seen that. it? Have you ever seen I it? I have, yeah, I have. Oh, mate. So be, before we go into like, watching it as a coach there's just one bit right and this guy the teacher there's a there's a boy on there and he he's got like a really bad stammer oh, i think mate, he was I've bullied when he was oh i've watched oh, it about God. 10 times i'll cry every time yeah no it's unbelievable like yeah and they just think shit the bed how how powerful is that as a teacher <laughs> amazing. Like, amazing and the guy was just so like cool about it like yeah it's just what i do i'm there yeah. like, i'd be walking around like do you see what i just did i helped that yeah. kid speak that, like, it was fantastic i i always think as well that's the advert so like this i was watching the other day and there was an advert on telly to become a teacher and i thought yeah that, that was good but nowhere near as good yeah as exactly. that bit just and keep showing I sent that. this i sent the, a video to a lad at work because the lad i was work, work with we were talking about this and i found on youtube a video of the lad now he's doing like keynote speeches mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you think how incredible yeah, that teacher just by saying oh try putting these headphones on if no one's seen it go and search on youtube for like teacher help student talk and if you are not crying like you're chopping onions you need to <laughs> give your head a wobble because you've obviously got no heart it was unbelievable but yeah i just incredible. watching that for for like and it only i was watching i watched the um the S- educating essex then i watched educating yorkshire People yeah. are a bit like bit like you, aren't they? Them people up, up north. I mean, it's miles away, but yeah, yeah, just <laughs> like me. Yeah, <laughs> it's further up than Birmingham. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I watched the educating Cardiff one as well, and I think yeah. there's there's some more. But one one bit, and it wasn't till like the third series I was watching. He said something about year nine being the most challenging year of changing in children and that and then i thought oh my god that's the that's the age group i work with at the minute under 14 is year nine i believe and just the way that the teachers just communicate with the kids they take things in their stride they've got unbelievable empathy but they're also like not strict but they're they're strong when they're doing that yeah yeah. i just thought and that maybe isn't that the most awkward awkward age groups in academy football as well 13 to 14 is the most difficult two years i think uh, with like all the stuff if, that's going on. I think if you watch that programme from a coach's perspective and ask yourself, like, okay, what, what are they doing that I could take from it, whether that be communication or the way they ask their questions, because you think yeah. they've got, they're differentiating in a classroom. Like, it's, it's just, there's loads in there. Really, really yeah. good. And actually, yeah. it makes you think, the things that I thought were difficult with teenage boys are nothing <clears> compared <throat> to what's going on in secondary schools. <laughs> like, oh, no. I mean, if you think about that, for starters, they, they want to come to us. Yeah. So, so that's their choice. They actually want to come to us. They have to go to school. So straight away, we're on to a winner. Yeah. But definitely, that's that's something I'm going to dig deeper into. And actually, it might be a future podcast. Maybe we get a few teachers on and we, we, can, we can have a conversation with them and pick their brains and... I know a lot of teachers use stuff from coaching into the classroom, yeah. but I don't think enough coaches 
I don't. I've never thought about using teaching. Yeah. Into my, I know you do lesson plans or session plans and stuff, but it, it, yeah, it we're, just... we're we're quite lucky at our place actually. That most of our, I'd probably say like 80, 80 plus percent of our part time staff are all teachers mm. or lecturers. Like you know, it's it's really Don't, fortunate. In... But... Is it like in Barcelona or somewhere like that? Don't they say yeah. like every age group they have a coach and a teacher? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And the coach is normally like a former player, isn't it, or a footballer? And then the, yeah, the, yeah. the coach, the other coach, is the teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. No, really interesting. So I definitely want to dig a little bit more into that. Um, I say it's we are we are teachers, aren't we? We teach football. Yeah. That's yeah. our subject. Um, having a chat at work the other day. Speaking of like teaching, and one thing that that our academy manager put to us he said around the difference between uh was it training coaching and teaching or training teaching and coaching and what do we do mm-hmm. at, at different times or different now just a, a really interesting sort of concept that we started chewing around it, it was only yeah. a short conversation but it just made me think differently around training and kind of just just leaving the kids to do something putting a session on and it's just try or maybe think what we what were we talking about first team might train on a sort of Monday or a Friday just something to yeah. tick over with and yeah. then teaching I thought that was maybe like providing new knowledge or trying to level up people so maybe the sort yeah. of YDP age groups maybe and then coaching is sort of just fine-tuning and it was really interesting just what parts of the week or parts of sessions do we train yeah. teach or coach and, and I guess I just, the level of it the level of engagement and ownership uh, for each yeah. one will be varied, wouldn't it? So you, you could imagine like almost like a train is almost somebody is directing you, whereas a coaching is it, it actually is a two-way thing, isn't it? So yeah, the yeah. level of engagement as well is different. In, in yeah, both. It, it's just, just something that, again, we only scratch the surface with, but I've not really heard. I've sort of, you know, you run out the door, you're like, oh, I'm going training tonight, I'm going coaching tonight. Like, you just mm. kind of use those three words for the same thing, but actually... Yeah when you think about it is are they different when do you yeah. train compared to coach and when is there a time for it? i just thought it was something that again only just just come to my attention so i'll definitely mm. continue thinking about that and have you have that you got something. a a goal you know like something that you think well actually i'd like to do that this year or tick it off not tick it off as in like tick the box but you know like just is there something particular that you can say yes i've achieved that this year anything that's uh, probably, not, probably, probably not football like coaching was I think there is but there's so much and maybe I'm I'm giving myself a sort of a loophole here by saying oh there's there's so much uncertainty do you know what I mean yeah with the year like it was nice to get back to a bit of normality with coaching for a few weeks but then you mm. went for Christmas and now we're not sure when we're going back <clears> so that, that's frustrating but um, <clears throat> yeah maybe not for me maybe just just to get a little more clarity and and around you know sort of I still don't know what my end goal is if that makes sense in terms of yeah. I've got a few different sort of roles or, or things I'd love to end up at um, yeah again I, I don't know a bit like I've got loads of ideas in my head of things to do but you are the just, ideas man yeah but then it's, I'm the procrastinator as well it's like <laughs> that's like the ship version of the Terminator <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah. Um, no, I guess a, a lot of my sort of mindset and goals at the minute is around parenting and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. And then 
But I think becoming a dad has made me already think differently about my coaching. Like, yeah. it, it's harsh to say it, but until you become a parent, you don't see the players as other people's kids. You just mm. see them as, as young footballers or young lads. Yeah. And then you're like, hold on, if that was my... Yeah, surname, that's the question uh, I some, ask quite a lot. Someone yeah. feels the way about that boy that I feel about my daughter. And then you think, oh, God, it changes things. You realise how, like... Yeah, yeah how trusted you are and how precious that person is to someone. And yeah. Yeah. So early days, cause I say I've, I've not been a dad that long, but just a mindset shift. So trying to see what that will add to my coaching or, or even make me change. You know what I mean? Mm. But yeah. nothing, not a specific goal. Maybe I need one. Maybe that's what I need to do. Have mm. a think about, I've been reading this yeah. book, right? Called the daily stoic. Don't know if you've heard okay. of stoicism or anything like that. Mm. Go on. So basically, that um, means no, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Basically, it's I'm, I'm not even going to try and say what it is because I might get it wrong. But it's um, sort of daily. Is stoicism is that storytelling, like a story? No. Let me grab it. Let me get the book. I'm not going to no. read the book to you, but I'm going to. If that's wrong, we can edit that bit out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. It's totally... yeah. Here we go. Uh... The Daily Stoic is a compelling page-a-day guide to living a good life, offering inspirational daily doses of classic wisdom. Nice. Uh, so it's got a little bit, not spiritual, but it's meditations on wisdom, perseverance, and the art of living. Basically around like Mark, have you heard of Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus and Seneca, these like old oh, like, like philosophers. Yeah, yeah, philosophers. And, I've, and, quotes, and I've just told you about that and I forgot what we were going to say, but I'm reading that and it sort of says yeah. around um, like if you don't know where you want to get to, how do you know where you're going? Yeah. How do you like, how can you measure steps? And it's so about clarity on goals. So that is definitely something that I need to do. And um, it also yeah. talks about one of the, the, I think yesterday's was about what you can control, what you can't control. Yeah. Um, where you should put your energy. If you can't, like, things happen, you can't control them, but you can control how you act towards them or you react yeah. and <clears throat> all that kind of stuff. That, that so was like, what is it like? <clears throat> life is 90%. Ten percent what actually happens to you, ninety percent how you react to it. Yeah, isn't it? That yeah. Sort of stuff. But the thing around, so going back to what you said about like a goal, I don't have a specific. This is what I achieve by this date, and that's probably yeah. something I need need to do. Have, have you got yeah. one of those? I know you've got plans and goals, and yeah, I've got I've got big plans. No, I've got <laughs> uh, yeah, probably I probably I couldn't even say that without laughing. I've got yeah, I've got stuff. I have got stuff. Um. Uh, like an example, I guess one example is I'm coming to the end of the EHOC course, which is a head of coaching course. That is that the started... three-year course that took? Yeah, we started years. back in 1997, <laughs> I think it was. Um, yeah, so going towards the end of that. Started that as well. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I genuinely did. <laughs> um, but but I think the the bits that actually grabbed my attention. I'm a big uh, sort of you know I love psychology and positive psychology particularly. Um, and I recognise the importance of it in what we do. And I think the EHOC has sort of given us a bit more of an insight into that as well. And um, it, it sort of brings me closer to a master's. So I'm, I'm thinking of actually topping it up to a master's in psychology. So I'm going to try, I'm going to try and enrol on that. So that would be one of my goals this year, to be enrolled on a master's in psychology at some that point, like somewhere. Or psychology in, in general? I'm open to both. I'm open to both, to be honest, because I think I think it probably sort of interlinks. Um, but 
but yeah, if there's a sports psychology one that that's open to me, I'll, I will go down that route instead. But but yeah, I'd be open to either really because. I think it's about the principles and then we just take it similar to what we talked about in teaching. You know, you, you have this information and you, you know, adapt it in this context. So that, that would be one of my, uh, one of my goals, I guess, for this year, for trying to enroll on, on that. And I've got, I've yeah. got a few others, but I'm probably not as clear. I'm quite clear on that one. I'm not clear on the others quite yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is only the 10th of January. So yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I did the I did the start of the hot course. I thought it was a lot of a lot of thought provoking stuff on there. But now you're coming towards the end of it. What's been like the biggest, biggest, not necessarily biggest takeaway, but what's the one sort of area that has really had a big impact on you or made you think or or you want to dig into? Is it the psychology stuff or is there more to it than that? It's it's definitely psychology stuff. Yeah, it's definitely that. I think I think the biggest part of the of the course is you get assigned two mentors, as you know. So I got um, a really brilliant guy called Dave Levine, who's like my business mentor or is personal Avril, skills Avril's mentor. Dad. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's in the video. <laughs> if you see Skater Boy, he's, in there. Uh, he's, he's honestly he's brilliant. He's he's absolutely brilliant, and he he really like checks and challenges you, and, and really like pins down clarity and goals and actions. What's um, what's his sort of background? Where's what's he doing? He is. Uh, probably like a mentor or a personal coach or a business coach. He probably, I don't know what his exact title is, but he would be in that field and he works with businesses, sports people, uh, professionals basically, and, and just mentors them to improve and get better and, you know, be the best that they can be. So I've had access to him, which has been absolutely brilliant. And then my coaching mentor was Brian Ashton. So oh, I've, I've had, um, yeah i've had, <laughs> I've, had two, I've been i've been really fortunate so that they've that, that bit has been by far the best part of yeah. the course because i've had access to those two and i think what that has done is it's allowed me to understand the importance of of understanding yourself and then understanding others and yeah. then everything else sort of falls in place really so just about having clarity so i think that's probably my biggest takeaway is around clarity clarity of yourself clarity of message clarity of relationships and that's where that's why that psychology thing really fits into that because i think there's a lot of stuff that we can do that that can help you know even even down to stuff like nlp around like the wording you use and stuff you know you can you can you can phrase things in a way that will get buy-in you know from people which will encourage people which will make them feel good about themselves and vice versa, you can you can word things in a way that can be really negative to people and people can perceive it to be negative. So there's just loads of little things. And I think that if you can have all that in your arsenal, you know, when you're talking to people, you just on a on, you could be on a different level, you know. And 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 when you see somebody who's really good at that, you know, <clears throat> you had Damien Hughes on the podcast. He's he's very good at that. You know, people people like Damien or Simon Hartley or, or, you know, my mentor, Dave Levine, Brian Ashton is as well. He is absolutely fantastic at this sort of stuff, you know, and he, that, that the way they word things, you know, they just gets, they just have real clarity and they just get buy-in and they make people feel good about themselves. You know, Brian was talking to me about setting goals and I'd set a goal on my plan and he was like, nah, not big enough, not big enough. <laughs> and I was like, well, what, what was your goal when, when you were, he was talking about going, I mean, it's slightly different. He was talking about going to the World Cup with England and they were like underdogs, really. And he was like, what was your, what was your goal? Was it to like get into the quarters or the semis? He was like, no, not big enough. I was like, what was it to win? He was like, no, not big enough. 
it was to inspire the nation. You think, whoa, like, wow, that makes me makes my goal look ridiculous. Like I'm one way off, you know. Like, but just the, just the wording, and when he explained it, you just think, oh god. Like I was ready to go on, you know, and do whatever he wanted. You know, I could have not not gone on the pitch because I'd die. But you know, I'd have definitely picked up some cones for him with uh, yeah, yeah. with enthusiasm. But but yeah, that's that's probably my big takeaways around psychology uh, and particularly so we, we, positive psychology as well. We were going on your stuff there about your mentors. I know you you said how <clears throat> how impactful the actual people you had, so Dave and Brian, as people and how they impacted yeah. you. But what what about the? Because I know it's something that we we share an opinion of the importance of it. But how important do you think it is to have a mentor? Yeah, really important, really important. I always thought as well. I sort of had loose ones. That I would never call a mentor, but I would always ring up, you know, if I needed yeah, a bit yeah. of advice or, but, but it wasn't enough. That's, that's probably something I've realized is that ringing them up when there's a problem or not a problem, but if you have a question or you're not sure about something is not enough. It's yeah. like regular contact to go, what have you, because almost like if you just have somebody that you call up when something's, you know, wrong or you have a question or you're not sure, you're just fixing things all the time. Whereas I have people that I can contact when things are going well. So you're actually improving on what you're doing. So you're not like reacting to stuff, making it better, trying to fix it. You're actually being proactive about stuff, trying to make it better and improve. So instead of like pulling upwards, you're actually striving forwards to get better. So yeah, I, yeah. Think it's, I think it's massive. I think it's massive. Yeah, because <clears throat> yeah, that's something that we're... We've said we're gonna look to roll out this year, isn't it? Because so, we we know and see the power of it. I think. Yeah. <clears throat> I think. Also, I, I, yeah, I, I was fortunate enough to be involved in the FA mentoring program, and that yeah, that just really the impact that that had on yeah. on people was, was massive. But yeah, I <clears throat> it's something that I don't I miss that from yeah. the EHOC was the first time that I had a number of specialists who were assigned to me mm. um and it's not specialists just in in football is it like you said no. there you've got brian no, ashton got... whose history is predominantly rugby yeah. and you've got someone from a business side of things but it's it's still they've still improved you as a coach in football the way they and as a person as a person yeah i think i think that's probably <clears throat> become more obvious it's about you as a person it's, if you work on that, you know, we say in our academy, better people make better players. I firmly believe that. I actually, and I think it's the same with coaches, better people make better coaches, you know, and I think it's, that was probably the, the, the twist a little bit because, you know, I went into my, my first meeting with Dave and he literally just spoke about me the whole time. And I was like, yeah. oh, this is, this is weird. You know, this is awkward. Why, why is he asking me about, he's not asking me about my job. <laughs> he's asking about me and what I thought of things and, how I felt about stuff and you know only only like two two or three years down the line do you actually understand how that that bit there fits into the job the goals yeah, yeah. The, you know all that stuff but yeah brilliant really yeah. good no definitely watch your space Matty and I will definitely put some stuff out there this year I think that's massive um yeah so yeah. I, I do I do think that's brilliant what we're gone then if you once you're courses finished will you try and keep those relationships going with those mentors or will you seek new ones or? yeah no 100 percent. yeah i mean brian ashton 
Come on, I'm not just gonna. <laughs> I'm not just gonna delete his number once that course is finished. Am I? He's, no, he's I unbelievable. He, he might. He might. He might do that to you. He might. Once the listen, he's, that's fine. I'd understand that, but the other way around is not happening. He, he is yeah. top top man. No, they're both. They're both really good. Really good yeah. people. Well, like, I was. You know, Brian I was looking, has got was some in, amazing in stories. You know? Yeah, I was in the room in the lakes that first time when he did the his 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 talk. And it was yeah. yeah, really, really good. Like you said, the word inspiring. It you could tell. Oh, he's amazing. He's amazing. Really good. Although, although last time I did meet him, it was like I think it was my day off, and he was like, "Oh, what what are you up to now?" And I said, "Oh, I'm just going to go and walk the dogs." And he was like, "Oh," and I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I've got a Zoom with Eddie Eddie Jones." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, all oh, right." And he was like, and then, I'm, and then I'm going to, I'm delivering a course with New Zealand rugby. I was like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he didn't turn around and say his dog was called Eddie and Joe. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made me feel better. <laughs> oh, brilliant. No, that's good, mate. That's, that's really good. And sometimes, like, <clears throat> asking, like, I know we were fortunate to be assigned our mentors through the Premier League stuff and yeah. we spent a long time with them. But sort of, asking and, and trying to build those connections so that you can access people who might be a, a good mentor for you are, are important, aren't they, as well? Not to yeah. be shy, just to reach out and ask. I think people now are much more likely to to help and share. And yeah. the, the importance of it is is well well known now. So I think don't yeah, I think don't be afraid to ask. I think I think what I would say the biggest thing for me is I've had a real shift from doing to being you know, in that period. So it was all about, for me, it was all about doing stuff. How do I do this? How do I do that better? And now it's more around how can I be better? Like my actual behaviours, my feelings, my attitudes, my, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's just, it's been really good, actually. Really good. And that's that's why it's opened my eyes to that psychology stuff. I've just started reading Atomic Habits. You must have read that. Yeah, I have. Yeah, very good. So, So in the bit I've just read, he's talking about, like similar to that about goal setting and stuff. Oh, sorry, yeah. Siri. Hold on, Siri's going. Sorry about that. He's talking about um, rather than saying <clears throat> I'm I'm trying to quit smoking. He's saying to say I'm not a smoker or I don't smoke. So like rather yeah. than this is what I want to achieve, this is what I am. So that sort yeah. of being or I thought yeah, that was really. I only just read that like yesterday, so yeah, I thought that was good. quite interesting when yeah, you said it. Good. The good book that is. Well, have you read anything? You got any? I guess there's no time since you're painting and trying to no, sort that I, dog out. Um, I haven't. You know, I haven't. I haven't been reading. I haven't been reading anything that was um, uh, improvement that we'd normally do. So no, I've, I've not actually over the Christmas period and since the move, I have. Uh, I've been reading like uh, how to put up wardrobes and. Yeah, how to put toys together. So no, I've not I've not been reading much, mate. No. Um, here we go then. A couple of questions that we um see that was the extent of our planning for this podcast. We just thought about that and uh thought we'd ask if anyone's got any questions. So we've got a couple that might make interesting conversation. Um this one from Dan Levers. Uh alternative system for academy football in England so if you had to change or come up with a new way for academy football in England what, what would you think of mate what might work um, oh, it's a tough one I, what I would 
what I would probably go for is signing them to academies at a later date so that they can train, you know, maybe train with academies, but still play with their mates at grassroots up until maybe 12, something like that, 12, and then, and then bring them into the academy sort of full-time. I think sometimes that, although a lot of foundation phases are amazing with the stuff that they do, um, I, think, I think we could, we could help grassroots clubs do similar you know, mm. and let them play with their mates and it become a little bit less serious, you know, because we know what the percentages, the percentages of, of people actually making a career in the game. So I would say something like that would probably be my, um, be my guess at, at changing something. But, you know, um, it's quite well ingrained, isn't it? But I, I mean, Dan, I know why Dan's asking that question. So that's um, be probably that, that actually what I said is probably similar to what, what they're doing out there. You know, where they do take they take players in at a later age and they spend a lot of their time and effort in the younger ages working with uh, the coaches in the grassroots and supporting them to to make sure what they're delivering is, is good and you know, supportive, um, varied, and then they bring the players into the academy a bit later on. I guess the difficulty here is the is you're almost saturated with clubs, aren't you? You know, particularly where I am, you know, within an hour's drive I think there must be forty clubs, you know. Mm. So that that makes my idea become very difficult, but yeah. But I think that I think that would be probably my overview. Would be trying to push back that start date, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think it would still become this, the the official start date is under nines, and then you have the pre academy stuff already, which is four, five, six. I think we'd still end up having the same challenges if you said they can't come in till fourteen. They'd still be close, yeah. getting them in at nine, ten, eleven. Just it's because it's so competitive. I, I think there'd be yeah. one of our previous podcasts with Mark Copley, the academy yeah, manager really at rugby. I yeah. think there's a lot of mileage in that. And now I know they haven't got the time constraint because rugby is a late developing sport, like he said. But I think <clears throat> having boundaries. Now I know that could be really difficult because you'd take mm. London, for example. How many clubs are in London? You'd end up with quite small area sizes compared yeah. to some of the South Coast we'd, teams. We'd, might we'd, have, have, massive we'd have about 10 streets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I, I think that that in itself, in rugby, for example, doesn't it eliminates a little bit of the fear of other clubs taking your players, I think, because yeah. it also gives you more time. I think they use the school system really well. I like maybe the, the American model of yeah. how there is no... There is no youth teams at professional teams. The yeah. schooling system does it, and it has. I think. I mean, I'm, the NFL's on now. You think the Baltimore Ravens on here? They don't have a reserve team as such, do they? They no. just take from the college, and the college yeah. take from the high school, and the high school take from the mini league. Which yeah. So it's local it's, it's just area. One, yeah. yeah, which I think <clears throat> there could be some real mileage in that. I, I like. Can you imagine if there was a draft system in in English football? Imagine yeah, that. That's, imagine. Uh, Dan, Dan said about wanting some crazy ideas, but talk about that. The, the best under-18 player gets gets to go to the worst Premier League team, for example, each year, yeah. or however that would work. I think, <clears throat> I know, again, these sports are different, aren't they? They're, they're yeah, they are, later, yeah. later maturing <clears throat> sports. But I, I do think... <clears throat> You said it, didn't you? That the success rates are so small, it's it's really difficult to for every to, for every um, 
argument there's a counter argument as well isn't there so you know we could we could be saying oh we we need to push push back the start time but you know a 16 year old scored for Tottenham tonight so <laughs> if 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 he hadn't have come in at a young age he might not have been in the position to yeah, yeah. make his debut today so there's, I'd, there's I'd, like to see, there. I'd like to see uh <clears throat> talented boys be allowed to play in the elite tier of multiple sports so yes. you have a 13-year-old boy who is in a Cat 1 Academy, for example, and he might be excellent at rugby. Yeah. Can he be signpost? Can he also play for <clears throat> the under-13s of that rugby? Or can he play county or national level in two sports? Like, yeah. I mean, there would be some... <clears throat> you'd have to liaise and look at his weekly timetable and stuff, but that could be... I do think we, we specialise really early with elite players, don't we? It's like because oh, yeah. it's, the timetable is, is so busy and there's there's school and everything. But imagine that if you Matt Craddock is elite at football at nine, ten, eleven, he kind of has to drop everything else. Yeah. And and that's probably not fair. I know you hear about like Rooney could have been this at uh, what, what was his sport? Uh, boxing or the mm. Neville brothers were cricket, weren't they? But yeah. You kind of have to choose, don't you? At a relatively yeah, young you age, um, yeah. And and I wonder, you look at America again. As the kids play all sports, are they Everything. better athletes? Maybe <clears throat> or yeah. well-rounded. So that that could be something. Again, if yeah. you've got a kid who plays for you, who then goes and plays rugby, you got to be careful, haven't you? In case he you might get beaten <laughs> up a little bit. But yeah, <clears throat> I tell you, I tell you what, we can do. We can get um. So Dan can say hi to Paul, who's who's now. Literally, I think arrived in Norway tonight uh, to join his club. So it might be worth getting Dan and Paul on the podcast in a couple of weeks. Yeah, like once that. Paul's out of uh, quarantine <clears throat> in Norway, we, we could get them both on the podcast, and, and it'd be nice to hear what they do, you know, and how it works over there. Because I know it is a different model. Um, I know, I know, it's, it's quite interesting as well what they do. So that might be a, a really interesting hour of, of conversation. Yeah, definitely. I like that. Uh, another question. Here's one. Uh, Martin Irvine, if anyone hasn't listened, Martin's got a podcast called PCT Coaching. That's really good. Go and listen to that. But Martin says about coaching 11 v 11s when you have limited numbers. So, for example, you might only have a, a group of 13 or 14. How would you still sort of work your 11 v 11 stuff? Because I guess there's not many coaches out there. We'll have to 22. Yeah, well, we, we've spoke about this before. And, and the way the way sort of I work is I would... I would create the 11 v 11 pitch and then work back from there. So for example, if, if you are, let's pick, let's pick a, pick a topic of finishing the attack, you might have a look at 11 v 11 and just freeze frame the, the whole pitch. Uh, this is what the pitch looks like when they are finishing the attack. So predominantly they're going to be in the attacking third, you know, there's going to be a defensive unit, a midfield unit, uh, a forward unit and a midfield unit against them. Um, and, and just pick out the numbers that, that are most essential to your practice. And if you've only got, you know, 14 players or 12 players or eight players, you know, if you just keep taking away those players in the periphery, um, you, you're left with the main uh, sort of session. And then you can, your job then is once you've got the numbers right in the area of the pitch, you know, you just got to create a, some sort of practice from that, from that, that numbers in that area of the pitch. You know, that's. Mm. That, I think we wrote a blog on it actually. I'll I'll post it onto, onto the back of, back of this. But um, that's what I do. Just if you if you're wanting to get if you want want it to look like eleven v eleven, you have to start from there. So what does it look like? 
you know, if you're watching a game, pause the game at that moment, that's the moment you want to practice. Who are the key players? Who are the players that you have to have in your practice? Who are the players that you can lose from your practice? Once you've got that set up, then look at the framework that you're going to work within. So how do you score a goal? Uh, if you finish an attack, it's obviously straightforward. You score a goal. Um, but then what are the defensive team doing? How do they score a goal? So do we put another goal in and make it a small-sided game? Do they have little goals that you can pass out to? But 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 the key is is finding that area of the pitch and the numbers that, that mar- marry up to it. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, when I saw this question, I thought similar there. I, I'd see there kind of as two ways to do it. Like you said, is kind of zoom in on a bit of the pitch yeah. where it is exactly the same as what you're seeing on a on the telly, yeah. for example. So like you said, it, if it is finishing the attack, you zoom in so much so that sort of the you emit areas of the pitch. You emit players, don't you? Yeah. But it's still, you might have your two forwards against your back four and you might have your midfield four against their three or whatever. You, you, yeah. you, you zoom in. <clears throat> so like literally the screen, the snapshot of the 11 v 11 doesn't change all those players are on there you just zoom in on a bit what one other yeah. way i thought about doing it is is when you have your topic working out which players you can lose or combine if that makes sense so one thing i i do is say if we're doing um <clears throat> say if we were doing playing out from the back but we don't have many players i might work more on concepts and rather than have two center backs just work with one so yeah. i'm going to I still want both my fullbacks and I want someone to link the left and the right or the right and the left if I'm switching, doing play rounds or whatever. But I can afford to maybe still get my points across with only one centre-back rather than two. Again, the the, the nuances are different, aren't you, when you have two? But if we're working on smaller areas anyway, again, I might do the same in midfield rather than have, have two or three. I might play with one. And yeah. I might even combine my nine and my ten to be one yeah. player, depending yeah. on what numbers. And, and thinking, which players can I lose completely or which positions can I combine and condense down into one person, as long as yeah. the concept isn't being altered too much. Again, you might have times where I want my two centre-halves because we're going to get them to split really wide, for example. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes we'll just, or I'll just combine a nine and a ten, or I'll combine. I play with just almost like wing backs who operate as a two and yeah. a seven, or yeah, I think yeah, just finding yeah. clever ways. It, as long it, as particularly in small sided games, it works really well. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I, I wish there's a book on that actually. If you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're right though. You either you either do it specifically like a like a phase of play or a function, or mm. you teach it and you teach the principles in a small sided game where. Like you said, yeah, you're combining you know, yeah. positions. Yeah, yeah. Matt was Matty Joseph, I think, said about um, about the film, like a film um, uh, reference. So, like, who's the star of the show? Yeah, so who yeah. is the star of the show? You have to have him. Who are the supporting actors? Yeah. And then who are who are the extras? And yeah. you might pick away at the extras if you have low numbers. You're not yeah. going to take the star of the show out, otherwise. It's a shit film, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought that was a really good way of doing it. Right? Yeah, it I haven't is. got 22. Yeah, Who's the star of the show? Well, I'm doing I'm doing crossing. So I need my, my fullback maybe and my wide man. They're my stars. Yeah. 
who else do I need? Well, I, I need I someone need him, in the middle. I need him to cross it too. Yeah. <laughs> and I probably need him to have some opposition. Who's yeah. who's the extra as well? The opposite centre half or the do you know what I mean? We can, yeah, we can yeah. just yeah. I think that was a really good way of putting it actually. Yeah. <clears throat> I wish I'd have thought of that, but it wasn't me, it was Matty. So <laughs> um here's one. Pre-academy thoughts. I know we kind of touched on that, but that was one of the questions we got from Sam. That's quite general, isn't it? Pre-academy thoughts. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Uh, what do I think about it? Well, I, I mean, I can only really go off sort of what our pre-academy do, and our pre-academy are, are really great. They just they just offer varied programs. They offer small-sided games coaching fun environment there's no real pressure there's uh, it's quite good I, I quite like yeah. that I think I've seen other programs that are quite the opposite where it's quite strict and judging players all the time and you know etc etc I probably wouldn't want my kid to be in that at, at six or seven so mm. I don't know it's it's um it's probably a necessity because of what we talked about earlier on. I think, like I said, if in an ideal world, I think I'd rather them be just be playing with in grassroots and, and going swimming and playing cricket and playing basketball or netball or rugby or, you know, whatever. But the context that we're in, you know, it's, um, it's probably a requirement, isn't it? So mm-hmm. I think if, as it's a requirement, I, I would say as long as you're, you're doing something that's fun, that's varied, and, and remembering that the, these are kids that go to bed with a teddy, I think we're all uh, we're all good. So I think yeah. there's some really there's some really amazing <laughs> programs out there. By the way, you know I'm seeing like like some of our lads get, get to go and play some really good games. You know against yeah. amazing clubs and going away for the day and going places. That's that's great. You know so there's some really amazing stuff going on. Um, like I said, in, in an ideal world, I'm not sure we'd, I'd want to take them away from their other activities. But you know, what's what's your what's it like at your place, and or what what experiences have you had of it? Um, so, so my previous club, really good. Really, I'm not saying it's not good at my current club. I just don't I don't know much about it at the minute. Um, but previous club, really good. The lads there, Mark Lyons, actually framed it in a really good way in a in a parents meeting around <clears throat> the um the pre-academy and even like sort of foundation phase and academy football itself it's a place for players to play with other players of like ability yeah so it's not like you're the best player in a team and and, if, and everyone else is struggling to keep up it's a place where you the boys can go yeah. and be challenged and play with other players of that ability Who are just so it's as like, good yeah yeah, it's like a top set of maths or whatever, just in football. Um, yeah. But this was at sort of eights and uh, sevens and eights. Yeah. And the boys there, Mark, Matt, Jar, they, they got the lads into, they played in the local league. Yeah. <clears throat> and it was it was run as a, as a grassroots club. Now, again, yeah, that's good. Sometimes that looks like, oh, the best players are all playing for there. But they played up a year, so it was, it was a challenge for them. And those mm. players were, at the time, I don't know, again, I'm not speaking about the club's policies now, but any players that sort of come in at seven and eight were given till at least the end of under tens. Yeah. So none of them were, were released as such in their first or second year. So they were given yeah. plenty of time to 
Um, and actually, it was, <clears throat> I guess, if you think about it, when the, when kids go to secondary school now, they have sort of visits beforehand to prepare them, don't they? For yeah. what secondary school's like. A lot of pre-academies now are just doing that. Yeah. Like, it's, it's more some regular. coaching. It's just getting them used to what it's going to be like when they do come in at nine. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I think a lot of clubs are, yes, it's competitive at, at some areas to try and get the boys to not sign because they can't sign but build an affiliation to a club early isn't it but mm. I think how, a lot how of young is, do you go I mean and that's not that's not a specific question for you at your club I just mean I'm seeing some um, you know so, particularly on, on Twitter actually you see you see people like commenting and having a bit of a disagreement yeah. about stuff and <clears> some really young players playing at clubs yeah. just thinking, I, I don't think I don't think age is a problem I think it's it's the the what they're being told or the as way as what they're doing. Run. Yeah. yeah okay. it, if it yeah. still has that sort of fun, grassroots, inclusive, inclusive enjoyment aspect, mm. whether the kid's five and just happens to have a talent for football and it, as long as, you know what I mean, it's, it's about that. I think it's yeah. important because it gets way too serious too quickly as you get older. Yeah. So, it does, yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't think it matters what age they are. I just think, it's the way that it's conducted, isn't it? And I think yeah. there's some clubs that are doing brilliant work with the real young ones. And, and and the reason for it is it's got to be to give them an opportunity just to fall in love with a game. Just really, like you said, how can we, how can we not allow these young children to make memories of going and playing at some places like, going to say like Liverpool's Academy or yeah. Leicester, all these brand new facilities. Like yeah, you only incredible. ever used to go there if you were ever lucky enough to yeah. play for a team that got to a final that was maybe held at a stadium. Yeah. Like yeah. But now all these players, like they'll never forget that. Never, no. ever. Like, no. It's fantastic. Like, I don't no, think, right. and I just think it's the way that you do it, isn't it? As long yeah. as it's, it's not, there's no promises, there's no false hope. It's just, Make sure, and, and I think, coach, the general level it is of generally like is that better, isn't well. it? It's getting yeah, it's generally, it is generally like that, isn't it? Um, so I don't have a problem with it. I, I do think there has to be a lot of education for parents and, and making yeah. sure they understand. Look, although we are tied to this badge, it is still about enjoyment. There's no promises. It's got probably what twelve to fifteen years before we might even make a debut. Yeah. So. Let's enjoy the ride rather than let's not focus panic on... about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you said, let's still do other things as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you know what? If he if he needs to go and change his nappy mid session, let's not <laughs> let's not be worried in case it's going to lose him his contract. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think it. I, I don't have I don't have a problem with it as long as it's just the way it's done. Do you know what I mean? And that yeah. It's still any sport, it, 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 as serious as sport is, it's it's still a game, isn't it? And it has to yeah. there has to be an element of enjoyment. Now, the older you get, the enjoyment might come from challenge or difficulty or striving yeah. to achieve something hard. That doesn't yeah. need to be the case at five, six, seven, eight, no. nine, does it? So no, no, no. no. Um, here's a question. Then speaking of <clears throat> sort of challenge and, and stuff like that in, in youngsters, um, Jack asked a, a good question around. YDP program, so predominantly twelve to sixteen year olds. Yeah. Um, 
what are our thoughts on how much success or failure or sort of level of challenge or stretch that you'd want in a program for sort of 12 to 16s what are your thoughts on that or what do you try and I mean I can hit? I can bounce that back to a YDP lead or YDP coach if you uh, if you want I mean it's, yeah it's right slap so, bang so in the my, middle of your face yeah, really, isn't my, it, where you are my my opinion on that is right <clears throat> I guess the only way I try and best um describe it is <clears throat> and don't take this literally okay but i want i want the kids to have to fight really hard to keep their head above water i don't want them to drown and i don't want them to just float along easily i want them to have yeah. to like fight to survive to, to stay above water now that <clears throat> there needs to be times where they can float because fighting to keep your head above water is difficult yeah. so there's got to be times where they can just like grab that piece of wood and float on it yeah. in the Titanic, you know what I mean? <laughs> but there's also got to be times where they're like coughing and spluttering and sinking a little bit that they have to find ways to get back above water. So, yeah. uh, but I think it's, and obviously as the players get better, what we have to do to, to, to make them fight hard or have moments of rest or challenges that are a little bit above their reach, we've always got to change. But the sort of, yeah. the linear sort of, progression has to be that they're just fighting to stay above water our challenge is sort of setting how deep the water is for each player isn't it yeah um, yeah but it can't be like that all the time like you see we speak about this a lot talented players going up the age groups playing above their levels but the physical demand is massive so then there's got to be a yeah. time where they can drop back into their group yeah. to have a rest from that physical or even if it's pitch size or even if it's football size one thing I've really yeah. noticed this year is that the change from 13 to 14 size 4 to size 5 big pit is massive yeah so huge the kids if they're always stretch 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 to achieve something it's physically and mentally tiring yeah so there has to be a time where it's a little bit easy and they can just tick back into that fun that element again and play with freedom and not actually, you know, like not sprint or work really yeah. hard to, to achieve something. But then there's got to be times where they're just like almost being broken and they're like, oh, I just can't succeed at this. But yeah, it's a mix and blend. But I'd say that's my thought. That's how I'm sort of trying yeah. in my head. Because we don't want any kid to drown. We want them to be able to no. survive and, and succeed and get where they want. But we can't, we, we can't make it easy for them. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I read that question earlier and, and quite a few things jumped into my head. So before I left the FA, I remember speaking to Pete Sturgis, who was, uh, he's really good. He mentioned about creating the environment where you can throw the kitchen sink at kids. And I really like that phrase because cause it's, it, the environment comes first and then you can throw the kitchen sink, whereas you, know, you can't just throw the kitchen sink at a kid and then expecting to deal with it. You have to have the environment yeah, to yeah. do that. So I really like that one. So so that so for me there's there's a whenever you're trying to set the challenge and trying to stress people and stretch them, you have to have the environment set first. So that has to that's like mm. a non-negotiable. So they have to feel safe enough to be able to try things, be stretched, be pushed, fail and get back up and go again. So that's that's one thing. Um, we we use stuff we call them speed bumps. So we yeah. talk about um, 
And this is work from Anya McNamara and Dave Collins, who are from UCLan. And, and Dave's, I think, gone on to, I think he's working at Chelsea. But, but they've done some really interesting stuff around um, basically failure to, to succeed. And we call them speed bumps. And basically what it is, is it's, a, it's allowing kids or planning for failure so that they have to deal with it and they have to work a way out basically so for example it might be around game time might be around the game that they're playing might be the position that they're playing it might be who they're playing with who they're playing against whatever it is you have to there's some planned element where this is going to make them slow down it's going to make them feel uneasy it's going to make them feel uncomfortable they might in inverted commas fail but it's it's really important because that's going to help you develop certain skills, i.e. resilience, i.e. you know determination, uh, dedication, commitment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Without without that speed bump, they might not develop. So that's something that, that we sort of do. I believe that quite, quite um, you know, I believe that. I think that's a really important thing. But like you said, it's a blend. I remember there was a, a CPD event that um, a couple of my colleagues went on that Liverpool ran. Uh, this is a couple of years ago, and they came back and they were sort of uh, delivering to the management team just to sort of say, you know, what, what they learned from it. And Liverpool talked about planning their game time, and I'm sure other clubs do it as well, but basically they plan their games for the kids so that you have something like 50% matched, matched up competitive, so like for like. Then you have 25% where they're playing against somebody who's way better so 25 real stretched and then 25% where they're playing against people that are not as good as them. And, and that's their diet, so to speak. So, so I, think, I think that just backs up what you said, really. Mm. It has to be a blend, but they have to, it has to be a fight, struggle. Um, they have to be able to fail. They also have to be let to fail as well. You know, and I think one, we've done a lot of work with, with, with parents, you know, and, and the parents, to be fair, have been really good with this, but it's really easy and, and now you're a dad you'll you'll feel it as well like when your kid fails it you, you're sort of all the urges is to go i'll fix it i'll fix it for you stay yeah. there, i'll sort it and you like run along to try and fix it and actually you have to like suppress all of that and just go let him let him sort it let yeah, him see yeah. if he can do it and just as long as they know while i'm here you know do you want to talk about it can i help you how are you going to deal with it how are you going to manage it you almost coach them through it, but you have to let them fail because, yeah. you know, he, he mentioned what, what skills are important. Well, you know, resilience is the big one, you know, football is, is brutal, isn't it? As a profession, it is, it is brutal and you have to yeah. be able to bounce from, you know, one to the next, one success to a failure, to a, another failure, to a success. That's what, you know, football career, well, that's what any elite career is really, you know, look at actors, dancers, musicians, it's the same thing. You have to have resilience. The ones that make it are usually the ones that haven't given up and keep going. So we have to, you know, we have to plan for that. And the, the, the big sort of mantra for us is, is that we have to say that when, when they're the first team, they can't experience something for the first time there. Yeah, yeah. We haven't prepared them. We haven't yeah. prepared them well enough. So if, for example... I was about to, so, was about to say exactly that, mate. So, so game time yeah. is, is one, right? Game time is one. So 
you go through your whole academy, you always play a game. You always play, 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 play. You go to the first team, you don't play. And it's like, well, how do you deal with that? That can't be the first time they've never played a game. So we have to inject that in at times. It yeah. has to be planned. Yeah, yeah. You know, that you're going to travel with that squad and you might not get on. And that's, that's important for you to learn that. Now, I'm not saying you do that, you know, with a nine-year-old, but I'm saying with yeah. a 14, 15-year-old in the YDP, that might be something they have to learn. So they yeah. can't experience something for the first time where it matters. They have to have done it and practiced it and played around with it and, it, and felt uncomfy with it and, you know, struggled yeah. with it, you know. Just like you said, it was a nice analogy, you know, just, just keeping your head above water, you know. Yeah. That, that thing there about the first thing, I was, I was going to say that because I only realised probably five, four or five years ago, watching a player play in the first team who had seen come through the academy, he was making, not making his debut, but he was in the first team. <clears throat> and then in a game, he was sent mid, I think he, he kind of slipped or, or gave the ball away. They went through, scored from his mistake. And like, you, you just saw him on the pitch, like really devastated. And, and I certainly yeah. sat there and thought, have we given him enough tools to cope with this moment here? Yeah. He'd been like best player in the group or one of for all yeah, his time yeah. with us. Yeah. So you said about there's letting them fail and there's there's making them fail as well, isn't there? Because there'll be some yeah. players in your groups, no matter what challenge you set, they will not fail. They will find a way. Yeah. Or it will do you know what I mean? So <clears throat> I like what you said there. They I thought from that day onwards thought he cannot experience that in front of eight thousand people with nothing to fall back on. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not fair for us to do that. So even no. the ones who are above where we want them to be at their specific age groups, yeah, they have to drown a little bit. Yeah. And our challenge as coaches is, is knowing how much or yeah. how little or when. Like, yeah. they might be putting pressure on themselves, which is causing them to drown a bit. So we then should back off a bit. Like, yeah. it, there's so many factors that could go into it. You said at the start about you mentioned knowing the person. Like, yeah. those factors that might make them sink a bit are not always football-based. And it's just knowing when to put your foot down on the accelerator with challenge. Like, this is going to yeah. break you a bit. But like, you know, then you said it's our job is then to sort of nurse them through it and make them reflect yeah. on it. And when it happens again... Do you know the hardest yeah, bit though? It, it, it'll, it, your, your relationship with them as a person will drop a little bit sometimes because they'll yeah, be like, yeah. "What you've just you've you've done some, or you've you've not given me any free kicks tonight, or yeah, or why am I playing here? Or I didn't get on today. I drove all this way and I didn't get on. So the hardest bit because no matter what human beings, we all want to be liked, especially <laughs> as the coach, as like teenage boys, you want them yeah. to like you and look up to you. But your relationship's going to dip a little bit. Yeah. But then you always hear when you professional players at the end of their career or looking back and they say, "Oh, so and so when I was young, he was he did this, we did that." And they, in the end, they'll understand. Yeah. The hardest bit is like the short term, isn't it? I yeah, find it is difficult sometimes. Yeah, it is. It is. It's hard. <laughs> it's 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 hard because you you genuinely you know like I genuinely I'm, I think about the a group of players now and I, I genuinely like every single player. And I genuinely care about every single player, but I think it's because you care that you that you do it. That's that's you know that's what that's the overriding question. I think is actually does he need it? Does he need it now? 
and mm. is he in the is he in the right environment to be able to deal with that? And and we we're working in youth development, aren't we? Whether it's grassroots or whether it's academy football, even at eighteens level, for example, it youth development. We should always be thinking bigger picture. We're coaching for tomorrow, essentially, aren't we? And tomorrow yeah. might be ten years time when he is on that first team pitch. Yeah, yeah. Like too often, can coaches fall into the trap of coaching for? literally for tomorrow for me yeah our yeah. job is to pass players on and someone else should see the benefits really yeah um, and and it, it's not just about the football either so like no you, you you are doing you know like you have to have resilience as a person because shit happens and you've got to be able to deal with it you can't <laughs> yeah. you know like like I told you about my move I moved out of my house I had to move back into my house because <laughs> the house fell through like you have to be able I to deal laugh. with that like, Sorry, you, it's fine that. I laughed eventually but you have to you have to be able to deal with that because you know I, I moved the following week so like I couldn't just sit at home crying for a week you know you've got to you've got to get up and deal with it and that's you know that's an extreme example but there's there's worse examples you know where actual things you know, genuine, real things happen to people that are horrible or, you know, that have changed their life or whatever. It, it, there's always something that's going to happen. So actually, it's, it's even bigger than the football bit. You know, it's bigger than that. It's like, mm. actually, is this going to help them be a better person? And if it is, then great. If they become a footballer, great. They'll be able to deal with it as well. But if not, and they become a bank manager, they'll be able to deal with that as well, you know. Yeah, that's, that's where going back to the, the teacher stuff they're great at that kind of thing because school is geared up like teachers are very well aware that what happens in these five years at secondary school will hugely affect the rest of your life yeah most people and and they're very what comes across in those programs anyway they're very very aware of that and putting sort of steps in place to make yeah. sure that the, the rewards are, are reaped later in that person's life yeah um, yeah massively yeah uh, listen mate we should probably think about wrapping up that's that's a few we've had that's a, a few of the questions we got my wife any was more asking, quick ones what, yeah, what was was, yeah on. Chloe asked what have I got her for uh, our first anniversary but Next. I could tell you because she definitely <laughs> won't she won't listen to this but <clears throat> so, you know, isn't the first anniversary paper so is it yeah the Daily Mail or something like that, that was... <laughs> <laughs> no I've got a little something She'll, it'll be nice it'll be nice yeah, I'm but, sure um, it will uh, I think that was all we had at the minute one about you know, pre-academy we touched on oh about building trust and buying from players but maybe we'll have to do that one in another episode Go on, give us a quick one. Go on, thirty seconds. How do you build Go on trust? then. How do you how do you build trust or buying from your players? Especially then, given what we just said, we're going to sometimes encourage them or make them or force them to fail. How are you? How are we doing that? Quick answer. I'm going to go with being open, including <laughs> them in the in the journey with the process and being clear on some goals. And I think, I think if, if, if you know why you're doing, if somebody, I always think this as well, like the more honest you are, even difficult conversations are easier because you, you can't get away from the truth. So like, if we all understand why something's happening, then everyone is a little bit better about it. So I would just say about being really clear on, on what your goals are, be open and honest about 
all your decisions and including them in the process. Um, and that's how you build trust. And I think once you build trust, then you get buy-in to what you're doing, you know, and, mm. and listen, you need, you do need to go, you need some short term wins as well. And that's whether you're a manager uh, going into like, you know, a league one club or a, a championship club, you need short term win to get buy-in or you're a, you know, grassroots coach with a group of under 14s for the first night, you know, you need to make sure, you know, certain things go well. So you try and get some short-term wins, put on a good session, make sure everyone enjoys themselves, get around all the people, connect with them, encourage them, et cetera, et cetera. And then bigger picture stuff. I think you've got to get some buy-in by trust and inclusion in the empowerment of their journey. Mm. I think, yeah, I think you've also got to, walk the walk as well yeah. because you can't tell them one thing but then allow your actions or or even your reactions to say yeah. something different so yeah, like you've got a role model haven't you yeah and sometimes that's really hard because emotion and emotional hijacking and all that mm. kind of stuff in matches for you might say oh if i it doesn't matter if you do this, this or this. Like it's okay to make mistakes because you're stretching <laughs> and changing, and then and then and then he does path. it. Yeah, but even something like you know when you just turn your back on the game or you drop yeah, your head yeah. or you just yeah. go oh, and you just it's like I'm saying it's okay for you to make this mistake, but, but then my reacting. initial reaction is oh yeah. fucking hell, it, like yeah. do you know what I mean? It's just undoing, and sometimes yeah. that's hard. That's why, like again, another conversation, but some of the stuff Matt Joseph talked about with emotional hijacking and having uh, Ryan May talked about using um, pocket planners and stuff like that, like to, to keep you on check. So yeah. rather than just allowing your emotion to float away with the game. And if it's a high energy, high emotion game, you might just do all it takes is that one thing to undo the 100 things you mm-hmm. did. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd say that's really, and it's that's a challenge, isn't it? That is a yeah, challenge because is. sometimes your your inner chimp is that what it over your inner computer, yeah. the chimp paradox com, com, comes back to knowing yourself again, doesn't it? You know, links back to what we said an hour ago. Yeah, um, good stuff, mate. Enjoyed that. That's all, mate. That's just over uh, just over sixty minutes. So we'll uh, we'll say goodbye to our listeners. Um, Happy days. Thank you. Thank you very much to everyone for tuning in. We have got quite a few other episodes. So um, if you are at a loose end during this lockdown, get yourself out for a walk. I recommend being on the move when you listen. I found that was more beneficial to me uh, during lockdown one. I listened to a lot while I was walking. I can't just sit and listen to something. I have to be. Active. Yeah, I've got to be so, on the move. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and we've got some. We've got some guests lined up as well. So we'll we'll get. Now yeah, we're definitely. Back, now we're back at it, and we've had baby and puppy <laughs> moved house. It'll be yeah. a bit more regular. Yeah, yeah, that's the plan anyway. But um, if uh, <clears throat> if anyone's got any uh, any questions or any guests or anything that they they think we might like us to try and cover in the future just drop us a, a message on social media or or email or anything go and visit our website minervacoachdevelopment.co.uk there's all sorts of bits and bobs on there um that being that matt thanks for your time mate top man mate good to see you see you soon everyone stay safe wash your hands wear a mask be good <laughs> to everybody ta-da
If you're a scout or coach looking to find or help players, then Pitch is the website for you. It's a startup, but the idea is to complement the scout's role in finding talent, especially in lower leagues. Pitch is likely to arrange trial days in the future, so a scout might be very interested to make a profile. For a coach, it's about the onward development and mental health of released players, helping them find a team or club and provide a talent ID and development reference on Pitch. So make a profile today at www.pitchrmt.com. 